Hello and welcome to the Own Your Role podcast. I'm your host, Dean Watt, and I'm your guide to exceptional leadership and dynamic culture in your business. Join me each week as we explore practical tips through fun and fascinating interviews with successful business owners who've mastered the art of leadership. Over the last 20 years as a keynote speaker, author, and high-performing team transformation specialist, I've been fascinated by what it takes to create a great culture and dedicated team members in a business. When leaders truly own their roles and empower their team members to do the same, a great culture is always the result. So whether you're on your couch or in your car, on a treadmill or hiking up a hill, get ready to be inspired and entertained as you learn exactly how to own your role. Welcome once again, everybody, to the Own Your Role podcast. I'm your host, Dino Watt, and excited again to have you here for another day where we get to interview some really amazing people. I, I hope you've noticed over the last few interviews that there's been a lot more personal stuff going on than I even expected, whether it be people talking about the tragedies in their life or people talking about what they've overcome. And really, that's so interesting to me because I love it when people feel they can be more vulnerable, that they can actually talk about it. Because I think as an audience member, when I listen to podcasts, I often love to hear that stuff that makes me feel connected to them. So today, I don't think it's going to be any different because off of learning, knowing and knowing and getting to learn more about JM, uh, there's so many similarities. So those of you that have been on this podcast or listened to the first iteration of the podcast, the ProPrinter podcast, you know, my purpose and my passion is to reverse the direction of divorce, addiction, and suicide amongst practice owners, business owners, and their team members. And reading through this bio, I was like, holy moly, we are so similar in all these ways. He loves teams. He loves to help empower teams. He loves to help them get more in their life. And for those of you that ever seen me speak on stage, you know, that's my number one intention of everything I do. So being that being that being said, we're going to have, I think, a really great conversation. And I'm super excited to have this. But before we get into that, remember, again, thank you so much, everybody, for subscribing to this podcast and sharing it with those that you think would also benefit from the information you get here. Don't forget to subscribe also on YouTube and all of the other podcast forums. All right, let's get the show started. Today, our guest is J.M. Ryerson who is just a force of nature. And like I said, we have a lot of similarities. I'm going to let him do his introduction as we talk about, as we always do, story and where he came from. JM, thank you for joining us today. You know, thanks for having me, brother. And, you know, as you were talking, I also host a show and and my favorite thing is when people are truly vulnerable. Now, what I didn't know is what you said about your background of reversing divorce suicide and there was one addiction. more and I'm addiction thank you yeah and here's here's why I bring that up March 6 of 2022 I lost one of the most important people in my life my dad mm. to suicide yeah and I didn't even know it was a possibility and so when I hear people say this is my passion this is my purpose I 100% how can you not get behind that brother because that was such a tragic loss and it was so painful and continues to be. Yeah. And I just love that you do that work. So let me just start off by saying that because uh, truly I, I think it's so important what the work that you're doing. I appreciate, um, I appreciate that a lot. And I'm sorry for your loss. I, my brother took his life a few years ago and, you know, I think there's so many people that listen that don't talk about this stuff. And I know we're going to get into the show, but I, I think it's so interesting how it affects everybody there's nobody that i've ever met that hasn't been touched in some way or form whether it's a friend an acquaintance a friend's child like you a father and it's it's something that it once it's what's that whole saying right you bring it out into the light and it's okay to talk about it but people just have this whether guilt or shame we talked about the shame a lot on the show yesterday but you know it's 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 not going to get better I have a great friend who said, always has a saying, an unaddressed frustration never gets better. Well, this is a frustration in our life, whether it be addiction, divorce, suicide, all of that. So let's talk about it. And I can't wait to talk more about it with you. Yeah, man. And and it is. I don't know why it's shameful. I don't know. And that's that's one of the challenges, right? Like it's uncomfortable for people to talk about. But I will say as someone that lost somebody, as I, I it helps me to talk about it. Mm. It helps me to say, look, guys. 
you if your brain is you know not right that's okay go to the doctor if you had a broken arm you go to the doctor it's not a big deal totally and so i i can totally rally behind that i'll quickly give you my background you know i i've built three companies in the financial service world i finally sold out of that last company that third one uh january of this year and i had started let's go win a few years back by when i wrote my first book and i actually wrote it for my kids and what I what I realized, I'd never really put a title on, you know, I always had titles at these companies. I was, you know, CFO or COO or chief leadership officer and all these C's things. And I guess technically my my title is CEO here. I don't care about titles, man. What I do care about is what you said. How do you impact people? And so my job and what I the reason I started Let's Go Win is to inspire people to live their best lives. And why did I start it? Because I have two kids that I wrote the book for, and I want them to live their absolute best life. And so every single day I get up and the idea of let's go win is to help people be happy, healthy, wealthy. Those are the three things. The mantra is to get better every single day. And the three things that are most important in my life are freedom, love, and abundance. And so when I'm coaching people, that's what everything centers around. Mm-hmm. When I'm speaking to people, everything centers around how can we truly be happy, healthy, wealthy? Okay, cool. Let's nail those down. How can we live our best lives? Let's get to that point. And so that's what I do, man. I do a podcast I've written. Uh, actually, my most recent book just came out last week, which is cool. That was the wow, third one. Awesome. Thank you. And um, and yeah, do some coaching. So I love what I do every single day. I'm very blessed. And uh I will say, wrapping this back up to the dad, it's hard as a mindset coach, which is what people say. That's what you do, your performance leadership mindset. It's hard as a mindset coach to wrap your head around the fact that I wasn't able to reach this person. The most, one of the most important people, my hero in life, I wasn't able to reach and help him. And unfortunately, that's the case. I can't rewind time, but what I can do is really pursue that every single day. So that's what I do, brother. I just, I pursue that every single day. Yeah. I really appreciate you saying that about that. Um, you know, I think all of us in this type of industry where we do coach people, we have that positive mindset, we teach abundance when we see it in our own lives, not working in some way, you know, in this way with your father, with my brother, I talk about the same thing. It's like, it, it really sucks to be the guy who is in front of thousands of people helping you transform your life. And my own brother won't hear it. Forget my brother, my parents, like my parents are both alive and still are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what Dino does, but okay. You know, positive mindset, you know, it's, 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 but you have to get to that point in life where, you know, you are affecting someone else's father. So that kid, when I, when I first started in my business years and years ago, my whole goal was to make sure my why was to never see another eight-year-old child standing on their sidewalk, watching their father drive away. Obviously that was my experience. Right. And so I look at everything through that lens of, is this going to help you never create the situation that was created for me when I was eight. And, you know, I've done the work I've gotten over that in that sense and I now see it as an incredible blessing because now I it gave me a, it put me on a mission to want to understand relationships. But really, the impactful ability to help other fathers think twice before they do that because there's a son who might be impacted, or a daughter, or a wife, or a friend, and it's it's so crucial for us to realize that. I wanted to ask you, kind of on that same note. Can you clarify what you mean by you wrote that book for your kids? Because I have some ideas around that, but I'd love to know what you mean by that. So I literally, the purpose of that book, and I've heard you say that word a couple of times, everything comes back to purpose. Why did you do this? Why why is that important? Mm -hmm. I wrote that book, so we're clear, for my two sons, because my, my wife and I have two boys, 17 and 13 now. The idea was I wanted them to live their absolute best life and not scrape their knees as many times as I had, right? As a parent, you want what's better for your child. You want them to have a better life than you did. And I've been so blessed, brother. Trust me, I am I feel incredibly blessed to have the life I have. But do I want my kids to have even more? Of course I do. 
So I wrote that for them. Now, the gal I was working with said, man, you're selfish. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, if you only share this book with two human beings, mm. you're selfish. And brother, it was that light bulb moment where you're like, yeah, you're right. Mm. So we published the book and that took me on the journey of what Let's Go Win is. Here's the craziest part, brother. I journaled about Let's Go Win back when I was 20 years old. Wow. I didn't realize it until I was moving from California to Florida, cleaning out the garage. I'm looking at this old journal and found out after I had published a book, after I started the company, I had been marinating on this idea for like 20 years. Wow. And so my purpose was clear at 20. I just lost it for a while or I just I, it got put to the side. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I just I got put on the shelf literally and marinated until it was ready to be consumed. Yeah, absolutely. I asked that question because one of the reasons I wrote my first book, I often say too, is yes, I wanted to give the information, put it out in the world, blah, blah, blah. But I actually wanted it for my posterity because if my great, great grandkid finds great, great grandpa's book, they'll at least be able to have an insight into how I thought as a human being. And <clears throat> I talk to people all the time about writing a book and, you know, people always say, oh, I want to write a book. Or I'm thinking about it, whatever. And I, I always try to change the mindset with that of going, what if it wasn't about even the information, but about being able to show people how you think they could hear journal and write journals and read my journals and stuff like that. Terrible at writing journals, but nowadays they got social media, right? Nothing's going away <laughs> for good or, or ill uh, that all this stuff's out there. But to have that there and to be able to have your posterity years and years and years from now to go like, oh, this is how great grandpa thought. And I don't know about you and your family, but in my family, there's definitely a generational skip when it comes to certain mm. things, right? I'm not the sports fan. My son is. Uh, I, my dad loves to camp and fish and all that stuff. I can't stand it. My son loves that, right? There's all these little skipping generational things. Uh, I have mentioned this maybe once on the show before. My second cousin is Sammy Hagar, right? So crazy international rock star no one in the next full lineage of my cousins and me have anything to do with music whatsoever. Right. <laughs> so it's just, I just think it's a great way to be able to show your posterity. Hey, here's how I thought. I want to talk about living your best life. Talk to me about that because I'm assuming you've heard the song living my best life. I don't know. And now that you put me on the spot, I'm like, I assume, but I, Oh, I never, oh. I never want to make an ass out of me or you. So let's uh, tell me, brother, what, make sure I have. No, because you mentioned a few times. I was like, oh, that's your theme song. I actually come into one of my speeches to the song Living My Best Life. And it's by, uh, I want to say it's it's not Gavin. Is it Gavin DeGraw? It might be Gavin DeGraw. But it's literally about how and it's a super positive song. So when you said it a couple of times, I'm like, oh, that's your theme right there. Like, and maybe we'll have to put a little slip of it in the show. <laughs> But tell me it. a little bit about that. Like, how, how did that come to be? When did you have that realization of like, wow, I want to help people live their best life? You know what I realized, brother, is I wasn't living my best life at about mm -hmm. 33. Now, financially, from the outside looking in, everybody's like, oh, you're crushing it. It's seven figures a year, blah, blah, blah. And here's the deal. My health was garbage. Mm. I was on the verge of divorce. My wife and I were separated for a year. So now I'm seeing my the the my kids, my purpose, everything about that book. I see them 50% of the time. And I realize I'm not living my best life. But if you were to look from the outside in, you'd be like, oh, this is great. I wasn't. And here's the reason why. I wasn't taking a holistic approach to this. I wasn't really focused on what mattered the very, very most. And so that became just, like you said, my mantra, my, my everything is, how do you show up and live your absolute best perfect day every single day? Now, is it possible? No, it's really challenging. But if you can do it one time, then you can do it again. And so that's really just been the journey that I've on because often the outside world will tell us everything we can't do. Dino, you can't do this. Dino, you can't do that. That's all their opinions, their insecurities. And if you don't take that in, I believe in having a growth mindset. And so I have this 3G thing where I'm like, look, if you want to accomplish anything in the world, there's three G's that you need. You have to have a growth mindset. 
You have to have some grit because it's going to be hard at some point and you have to have gratitude. If you do those three things, I don't care what the goal is, it can be accomplished. And so that's really been the journey I've been on to make sure that my health is aligned, that my relationships are whole, my business is going well, that every single day I'm waking up and I feel grateful to be alive and I'm enjoying it. And so that's, I don't know where the best life came in. I, I, maybe it was a song. Maybe I'm going to hear it and go, <laughs> that's where it was. That's what it was. Um, but I just, you know, why not? Why not well, enjoy the time we have on this planet? Yeah. And it's a great mindset, right? Like, is this going to help me have the the best life or live the best life out of the three growth, grit, or gratitude? You think grit's the hardest one for most people to get behind? You know, I, I think gratitude and it sounds wild to say that how many times have people heard on a podcast have an attitude of gratitude have a gratitude practice sure and so few people do it yeah um i don't know why that is i actually if i were to if we were to spend a lot of time on this i would actually say grit is the easiest one Mm. with growth mindset and gratitude being the most challenging and i don't i don't like that right but I actually do think people have persistence. They have, but they forget to enjoy the ride. And that's where they go. You know what? I'm working my tail off, but I'm not seeing any fruits of my labor. I'm going to stop. So I don't know if I were to rank them real quick, that's where I'd put it. You know, that's a really good point. Cause most of the people that we talk to uh, most of my clients, right. They're usually medical professionals, whatever they've, they're high performers. I talk about this all the time, high performers, high, high achievers, and they live in a world and their offices typically with less than high performers. So that's, that's very challenging for them. Right. So they have that grit, put their nose to the grindstone, but they often think that that's going to be the thing that helps them get through it. But the secret sauce I find, and most of my stress, most of my business, whether it be with my marriage, my kids, whatever is the gratitude for that. And, and it really is a secret, secret form. So much science around it too, about the power of gratitude with their, um, when you talk about people showing up as who they are and and showing up in that gratitude space, how do you help people really find out who they are in order to show up like that? Because there is so much pressure to be, look, or have. When you were successful from the outside, mm-hmm. you would have had people going like, oh, I want I want to be like you. I want to be be like J.M., but they don't know the inner working. So how do you help them show up who they authentically are? I love this question. You got to get quiet, man. We all know who we are. It's in there, but we put these masks on for years and layers and layers and layers of masks so that we can be accepted so that we can fit in so that we can be liked and accepted. Well, the truth is you are accepted just the way you are. Mm. And actually, people can really, the right people can really buy into, really can get behind you if that authentic person can show up. So you have to take all that stuff away. And it started like sixth, seventh, eighth grade, man, where we go to middle school and it's it's time to fit in and be cool. And now I'm starting to compromise my values. Now I'm starting to try and act or look a certain way. The moment we can get rid of all of that stuff, that's when true freedom comes into play. Now, the, what I found the easiest way to do it, the, this won't be the first time people have said it, and it certainly won't be the last, but getting really quiet with yourself. So meditation is a huge part of my world. Mm-hmm. I do it at least two, maybe three times a day. Wow. But really spending time just with you, you know, you can hear those thoughts. Now, I just want you to write some stuff down. It doesn't have to be amazing. It doesn't have to be you know, nasty, just whatever you feel, write it down. And what you'll do is you'll start to clear out all that stuff, get that the cobwebs out of the way. And then you get down to the core of who you are, what drives you, what really gets you going. And now we get to really start fulfilling our destiny, fulfilling the purpose of why we're here, filling our buckets on a daily basis. But until you choose to get quiet with yourself, It's hard, man, because that's going to take a lot of time of somebody like myself to ask you question after question after question. But if you get quiet for yourself, it's in there. Are you willing to, to, to see it? And are you willing to bring it to the world? When you do, it's an amazing feeling. 
Do you think, uh, have you found maybe that people get afraid of that quiet and get afraid of what that will actually result, uh, like reveal? Yeah, it's so, it's fascinating to me how often people say, I'm not any good at that, so I can't do it. You're not any good at sitting there and just being with your thoughts. <laughs> no, Jayan, because what you just said, it is a fear. Yeah. What if I don't like what I have to see? Ooh. What if I, you know, there's something in there and it's ugly, man. And it's, it's something that I'm ashamed of. Right. And so many of us have these traumas. That's why I don't want to face that. But the truth is until you do, you can't show up as the best version of you. Now, the amazing thing is now we have so many tools available to us, right? There's, um, you know, whether it's therapy, whether it's, you know, there's people doing plant medicine. They're, medicine they're yeah. Yeah. And I actually did. I did ayahuasca about, oh. a, a, about a month ago. I had never done a psychedelic in my life. Drugs scare the heck out of me for me because I have a very addictive personality. Yeah. But I found out this isn't a drug, man. This is literally a plant medicine. It was remarkable, Dina, what I was able to really reach in a short period of time and specific to my dad. It was amazing. So I'm not saying to go do it. I'm not saying not to. I'm saying have an open mindset to say, look, maybe I can accomplish something far greater than I ever thought I could, but trying things, really trying to get better. And again, that's why my mantra, getting better every day. So I'm incredibly fascinated by this because my wife and I have been having this discussion for probably about a, a year, if not a little bit longer, about different types of plant-based medicine. Uh, we have some great friends who have gone through certain things, everything from psilocybin, you know, ketamine isn't a plant-based, but still using that type of uh, therapeutic medicine to actually help overcome trauma or anxiety. Our oldest, our youngest daughter deals with a lot of anxiety. And so we've talked and looked into a lot of this and I've had a lot of good friends who've gone through and done an ayahuasca experience. And one thing that every single person comes back and love to hear your experience on this, that says is not only do they, they reach a deeper level of spirituality or connectedness, whatever you want to call it. But almost every one of them says, whatever you want to call it, you can't come out of that situation not believing in a God or God of some sort, a higher power, because you touch it and you feel it. And that to me is the most interesting thing. I was raised very, very specific religion. I was very like active in that religion. And I've just always felt like there's more experience or growth out there touching a higher level, if you will. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. I'm sure people listening are like, yeah, what got you? If you're so against or worried about that type of thing, because I too have a very addictive personality. I come from a family of addicts. What uh, what made you make that decision? And, and what was your experience like with that? Yeah. So every single person I ever talked to that did ayahuasca says the same thing. It'll change your life. Yeah. Every person, like a hundred people, a hundred people say it, it'll change your life. And they're right. Now, yes, on the spiritual, yes, on the God thing, it's hard to quantify, like, what is it for someone? Yeah. I call it source and I call it God. I was raised Catholic. I'm a confirmed Catholic. Catholicism and I didn't jive for a long time. So I would consider myself a Buddhist. I, again, I'm very into meditation and treating others, you know, sure. a lot of the same principles. But what I will say to your point, I have been touched by God in this last month and a half. Wow. I now am comfortable with the word God and not associate it necessarily with a specific religion. It doesn't mean Catholicism is bad. It, my experience wasn't ideal with it. It didn't jive with me. Mm -hmm. And I equated God and this religion together. And the truth is that it has nothing to do with one another. Mm -hmm. It is a part of it. There is a source. There is a God that has created all these amazing, abundant things in our world. And so I didn't expect that. That was not on my radar going into this. Mm. And 1000%, I have reconnected so much more with nature. I'm a guy from Montana. Like, I love being in the in the woods. I love being out in nature. I'm the guy that loves to go fish and camp and do all that. 
And I lost a little bit of that along the way, you know, through the pandemic, through losing my dad. And to be able to reconnect both with Mother Nature, with Source, and with God, not to make this a super philosophical thing, but there's no limits. And here's the last thing I'll say to this. I had a really profound experience with my dad, with uh, forgiveness of myself and for people I haven't thought of in 20 plus years. Wow. And the last thing, Dino, that was amazing. There was a moment where I am in this journey and I see this thing and, and it's this white light and it explodes and any fear that I had, they're gone. And my wife, even walking through the door, she's like, what in the world happened? I was like, babe, I didn't have a lot of fears to begin with. I have zero at this point. Wow. And she goes, what a feeling. I said, it's, it's really, it's remarkable. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I know it's such a, a personal and connective journey. And I hope if you're listening to this, you, you understand and appreciate like that type of, of level of searching of of willingness of openness to be uh free and and find that for yourselves and whatever that looks like for you hopefully you know you're able to find that because i think that is part of our journey here on this earth is to find that level of freedom and fearlessness and the more you get there the faster you get there what well, the way better you will be for sure i want to kind of touch on this idea around of course you're finding this forgiveness with your dad you're finding this fearlessness and and everybody else in your life, if that, you know, the forgiveness part of it. But when you are in front of people and you're trying to inspire them and you're trying to empower them, you know, there's so much crap in their mind between what you're saying and what's being connected, what they're getting in their ears, but what's connecting to the gray matter in their head, Right. How are you or what do you do most, do you feel, to help break down that vulnerability and help them really see that you're not only passionate about it, but they can have a abundance mindset, that they can have more, that they can reach the goals that they have and be happier in life and live their best life? What do you do? Yeah, it's a brilliant question. And the the quote that comes to my mind when I when I think of what you're asking is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm -hmm. And I've found that to be 1000% accurate. I'm not the smartest coach in the world. I promise you I'm not. They're really, really, really intelligent coaches. They're brilliant. But it doesn't mean anything if you can't connect human to human with with someone heart to heart. And, and how I typically do that, Dino, you've been on stage and, you know, you got those audiences where they're just really laughing you know, on the inside. <laughs> yeah. I am not going to give this guy anything. I don't have anything that I want to hear from this guy. And I've been in that room. In fact, there was one about a month ago. I walked on. I was like, man, what do I do to this group? They're mad. <laughs> and you know what I did? I just shared. I shared my story. I shared the story about my dad and they all opened up. And that's the truth of the matter. People have become so guarded. What do you want from me? What are you trying to sell me? What, you know, what's your agenda? And the truth is my agenda is I, I want to help. Mm -hmm. If you're willing to get better, if you have a growth mindset, I want to work with you. If you don't, it's not going to work. I don't care how much I want it for you unless you want it. Right. It won't happen. And so the faster I can break down that wall and understand a I care about you as a human being. Let's just start there. I don't know you that well, but I just, I do care about other people. Now, do you have a growth mindset? Why do you want to get better? What is the intention and purpose? And if I can align with those two things and you're willing to put in the work, then let's go. And it's amazing when you genuinely you know, care about people. And this is, sorry, uh, when you genuinely care about people, in leadership is what this is what I help most leaders on. I'm like, it doesn't cost you a dime to just care about that person. And the ROI is incalculable. I mean, right. it is remarkable. And so I call it EPR, encourage, praise, recognize. If you do that, every single person that comes by, if you just give them a little love, it's amazing what's reciprocal back to you. So that's how I work with my clients is I 
I spend the time in the beginning to get to know them from a person and understand that, look, why do you want to do this? Are you growth mindset? Yes, I am. All right, let's go. Okay, so you have somebody who says they're growth mindset, they want to be growth mindset, but they always, not always, oftentimes, they'll run into these limiting beliefs that are are really kind of embedded in them through whatever life circumstance. Maybe it's their parents. Maybe it's an experience they had from trauma in their childhood. Maybe it's something that just happened recently. Maybe they just got out of a really bad abusive relationship. But there tends to be these little limiting belief systems that pop up in all of us. How do you like? How do you overcome that? Because that's the those are the gates, right? Those are the mm-hmm. gates that you have to overcome. You guys, this guy has amazing questions. I just hope you appreciate this. <laughs> I ask the same three questions every single time. Tell me the story you're telling yourself, and I just let him talk. Because by the way, we all tell ourselves a story. Some are good, some are bad. Yep. Now the second question is: Is that true? The story you keep telling yourself over and over and over, is that true? They have to answer yes or no. Now, how is that story showing up in your life? Do you like the outcomes? That's when walls start to get broken down because they start to realize, uh, well, mom and dad said I was shy at five years old and now I'm 45 and I'm still telling myself that same story. Well, are you? Is that true? Okay. Um, where did it come from? And, and mom and dad, and how's that showing up in your life? Cause the truth is we can show up however we want today for 44 years. I could have been shy on 45th birthday. I can be the most outgoing person in the world because labels are not meant for human beings. They're meant for boxes that you ship that stuff out. Here's the label. This is where it goes. A human being is dynamic, man. We change. We always are evolving. So if you don't like the story you're telling yourself, let's let's create a new one. Let's create the story you want to you want to tell yourself that you want to show up in the world and is it true? If you believe it is, it is true 1000%. And here's the crazier part. Even if you don't believe it in the beginning, it's still true if you continue to tell yourself. And that's getting into affirmations and all the fun stuff that we do as coaches. Right. But it's like, look, man, let's rewire that subconscious. Let's get in there. Let's let's really get you to tell the story that the world needs to hear. Not yeah. what your parents told you, not what your bullies told you in school, not what your teachers, but your story. So those are the really the three big questions I ask. Well, I, I know that so much of the and I love the story process, right? Because. Look, if we're making up a story. It's so interesting how often we make up the story that doesn't serve us or doesn't give us the abundance. And we're sometimes unwilling for whatever reason. I think it goes back to those limiting beliefs again. So you got to dig into them deeper and deeper of this idea of why are you not willing to create a story that is completely and completely empowering? And it's interesting how you see people in the world. I don't know if you saw that. Is it Anna? Devilene or whatever, who is that the the grifter in LA or in New York who was this pretend socialite Russian girl? Mm. You know, you hear stories of these people who are grifters who make up stuff all the time and trick people, whether it be Bernie Madoff and all this stuff. And they just have the it's a delusion. I get it, but they started with the story. They started with the belief that people would believe them and listen to them. And it's the same delusion in some ways as saying. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. And I'm the worst person in the world. And I can't have more. And if that person has more, it means I have less and all that. It's the same delusion. It's just the one we choose to buy into. So when people, when you run up against the story, right? Because you know, you have people who you ask them a question. All right. So tell me your story. And it's X, Y, Z. And then when you get to that, is that true? What's the marker for you to find out if somebody actually is serious about growth or not. I'm going to assume it's there, but I want to know from you, like, what's the marker for you when you ask, okay, is that true? How do you know if somebody's actually seriously wanting to grow beyond it or not? Yeah. um, This is just something that you learn to read after a while. I guess I've just seen it so many times where I listen to the verbiage Mm. where it's like, well, this is the way it's been. Therefore, that's the way it's always going to be. For instance, um, 
generationally speaking, I come from X family. Therefore, I come from an overweight family. Therefore, I'm going to be overweight. Yes. Well, okay. Do you have any say in this? Of course you do. Science has shown you. It's not just woo-woo. This is science that is saying that is a very small portion of who you are. Mm-hmm. And we were, so to answer your question, it's a feel thing based on the verbiage they give me back. I love that. Um, but it is fascinating how much the nature versus nurture thing comes into play. So many people just bought into the fact that this is my nature. Therefore, that's the way it is. And the truth is, it's a combination of both. But it's your environment that has created so much of who you are. That could be really good or it could be really bad. And I've seen both. But typically, you get a choice and say in the matter of however you're going to be both from your health, from your wealth, to to accept the fact that this is who I am and that's as good as it's going to get. I can't work with somebody like that. Now, have I tried? Oh, Dino, I have tried to change people for the <laughs> years, brother. And what I realized, and this is why I named my last book Upgrade, people don't like to change, but I everybody loves to upgrade. Mm. And it's the same thing, brother. It's literally, it, an upgrade is a change, but we yeah. look at it as this positive thing. And so that's really been my coaching for the last few years where I'm like, look, I'm not going to try and change anything, but we may consider an upgrade. Love that verbiage. That's actually really brilliant. Um, I want to dive into the book a little bit because that belief system of change is hard, change is, uh, it's abandoning, right? If I change this, I got to abandon some people in my life. Sometimes I got to change my friend group. I got to change my, my uh, habits. That's hard. And it sucks. And it really does for a lot of people like that change is hard. Somebody who has to lose weight. Oh, it's, it's going to be hard. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. It's not just a mindset thing, right? It's not just to tell yourself a new story thing. It's going to be hard. You're going to get up to pain. I always tell the, the joke on stage about you get to that third day of going to the gym for the first time in five years. And the scientific word that you get to is ouch, right? Because your whole <laughs> body is literally saying, stop this. You're crazy. This hurts. You're going to die. If you keep this up, you're going to, and then you convince yourself you're going to die. And so you go back to the couch because it's a lot easier. And really the scientific word is perturbation. And it's just that idea of pushing past that perturbedness in your, in your own life. So let's talk about upgrading because I love that concept. I actually don't think I've really uh, heard that, had anybody talk about it that way, but just that verbiage alone for me gives me a different mindset. It's like, okay, well, I don't have to change the way I'm eating, but what if I upgraded the way I was eating? I don't have to change the way that I'm interacting with my spouse or my kids, but what if I upgraded it? It doesn't seem, it's not changed, right? It's such a weird wordplay, but it works. So how did this come about? And how did you, how did you, you know, want to write an, an, by the way, writing a first book is always, you know, a pain, right? And most people say, I'll never write another book again after the first book. Second book, and now you're three books in, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, just finished this, the third. All right, so Upgrade, tell us about that. Yeah, man, you know what I realized is, again, I I kept wanting people to change, and I'm holding on like a coach because I care, man, I want you to do it. And I went to, I think I was flying, I can't recall where, and they bumped me to first class. Well, it's a change. I'm going from my normal exit row seat to first class, Am I upset? No, I'm fired up. Thank you so much. Get to the rental car. I have a full-size car, sir. We're going to put you in a premium SUV. Am I fired up to be upgraded? It's a change. And what I kept realizing over and over is I was like, people are upgrading all the time. Mm. We upgrade our cell phones once a year or once every couple of years. That's the common one. Yeah. We choose to. Now, change is scary, right? I don't know what I'm doing but it's, you have these new features and these benefits and you're like, oh my gosh, my life is better. And I said, JM, what are you doing? Let's just upgrade these people a little bit. Let's upgrade that mindset because they've become so accustomed to doing it. They actually get fired up the iPhone 98 coming out or whatever it is now. It's they, and people are just pining to go get that thing. Well, why don't we do that for ourselves? Why can't we just say, you know what? I want to, I want to get a little bit better today. I want to upgrade 
and feel better about myself. I'm not going to change because I like who I am. I like who I am. I'm not going to change who I am. I'm just going to upgrade my thinking a little bit. And it was received so so well, Dino, that it was like, man, I wish I knew this 20 years ago, man, because it would have made life a little easier. Well, it's so smart, right? When you think about it and any, I'm going to go straight to relationships, right? Because I think that's the hardest one where people, oh, they want me to change. And I need my, I, I'm changing. Maybe somebody's listening to this right now. They're doing more uh, personal development in their life. And I hear this a lot is I'm improving my life, but my spouse doesn't want to do the mm. stuff. They don't really care about it. But if you were to frame it of, hey, I, I'm not asking you to change. I just want to kind of upgrade how we connect with one another. I want to just take us and that cell phone example is a great example. Hey, we upgrade our cell phones every two years because there's new features. We have battery life. We got memory. Let's do that with our relationship. Let's do that with our health. All right, let's just start walking every day. Just walking. I'm not asking you to go to the gym and pump iron for eight hours a day. We just start walking. That's an upgrade. And I think that's fascinating. If somebody's listening to this, though, I think it's important for us to to address this. If somebody's listening and they're not sure, like, I think probably, like you said, when you get quiet yourself, you do know, but are there any signs that people can specifically look at and see, Hey, I'm not really living my best life and I need an upgrade right now. And now that I'm thinking about it as an upgrade, instead of changing my life, maybe I'm more willing to look at it. What, what should I be looking at if I'm that person in the car? Again, another great question. I actually do this in one of my signature speeches do I need an upgrade? And if you find yourself complaining a lot, you you probably need an upgrade. Mm. Am I proud of what I'm looking at in the mirror? A real a hard question to ask. Am I proud of it? And if you're not comfortable saying that, when I look at the five people I'm surrounded by, and again, this is Jim Rohn and sure. you know Tony Robbins. Everybody's talked about the five people, but it's so true. Yeah, the five people that surround you are a direct reflection of you. And when I told you about back in when I was about 33, I looked in that mirror, dude, and I was not liking what I had to see. Now, they were it was my choice. These are the people I surrounded myself with. But that's when I realized, holy cow, I have some work to do. It doesn't make them bad people. It just means they're not really inspiring me to be my best version of me. Mm. And I believe there's two people in this world. People either lift you up or they bring you down. I don't think there's people hanging out that plateau. I believe they lift you up. And if they do keep them in your world, if you're lifting them up, hopefully they keep you in. But if people bring you down and this is where it gets challenging for people, some of the closest people are family members. Some of the closest people are people they've known forever. And so I'm comfortable with that. When you talk about upgrading, that means redefining that relationship. And now my closest five, maybe it's not my brother any longer. And now I've, you know, sort of brought somebody in that is going to inspire me, is going to challenge me. So those are two of the quick, easy questions. Do I complain a lot? And am I proud of what I look at in the mirror? The five people surrounding me, do I want to be a part of that group? That's a hard one to do, but when you do it, it's amazing. You know what? But it made me think of playing off the upgrade idea. What if it wasn't about having to cut those people out of your life, but downgrade downgrade them to acquaintance as opposed to friend downgrade them to relative as opposed to, you know, best first guy, whatever it is, right? Like we, we, we worry so much about labels as it is. We worry about what they're going to think if I do X and which I find fascinating. If you have people around you who don't want you to be your best self, that might be something else to look at too. If you got people who keep crabbing you, you know, calling, clawing you back down. But just like you upgrade, you're, as you're upgrading, there will be a few downgrades that you can. It doesn't mean eliminate. It doesn't mean, you know, uh, excommunicate them from your life. It's just downgrading to another level. And that way you can still connect with that. Um, yeah, right. You're on the same airplane. You're in first class. Yeah. They're just back here and coach. And yeah. look, no judgment on it. It's just maybe this is where I'm most comfortable. Maybe this is where I want to be. Mm. So one of the things that we do, we're, we're getting low on our time here, but one of the things that I talk about often around the owning your role concept is, you know, helping people magnify their purpose to ignite their passion. I often talk about how people have this weird idea that passion equals mastery, but mm-hmm. the truth is that mastery equals passion. 
And the more you master something, the better you get at it, the more passionate you are at it, whether even upgrading your life, right? If you're, uh, I, I'm not really loving this whole new upgrade <laughs> as, as JM says it, but the more that I do it, I bet the more that I will, the more I will be passionate about it. Where do you most feel like you have magnified your purpose in your life? What's the, like the most magnification you've given to purpose in your life? My ability to be vulnerable has mm. brought so much beauty into my life. Um, there was a point where I didn't have a growth mindset on who I was going to surround myself with. I remember saying I would have been about 28 or 29. And I remember saying this to a group of friends. I have enough friends. I'm good. That's insane. Wow. Like, to think that at such a young age to say, you know what? I found my people. And I'm cool if I don't really bring anybody else. I've said that at some point in my life. And I look back at that now to say, wow, what a fool. How little did you know? And how could that have possibly happened? Somebody that has literally studied abroad, traveled the world. I know how big this world is. It's big. For me to say that told me what a dark place I was really entering. And I didn't realize it at the time. Sure. So to be truly vulnerable, it's something that I I work at. It's something that I have no fear. So I'm just, here I am. You can like me. You can dislike me. I hope you like me. I do. But yeah. if you don't, that's okay. I'm going to live my truth and I will be set free. And so it's it's just one of those things that I continue to, to work on. And what I've found when I'm truly vulnerable, my relationships are so much more fulfilling. Business deals come to me because... Hey, I, this is just who he is. I can trust that because I've seen him. Like he, he has no shame in his game. Yeah. And it's just brought so much joy to my world that I can't imagine the way I was in, in those, that stage where I was being this, the stuffy business guy and, you know, crushing it financially. And what's crazy, everything grew that much more when I put all that facade away. When I just decided to be JM, the kid from Montana, that here I am. Um, and so I work on that every day. Wow. That's awesome. I love it. And you can tell you really have magnified that ability and magnified. And I believe when I look at magnification, you know, everything gets bigger and better and brighter when you magnify something. And you've definitely done that. So we end our show typically with four questions that I ask everybody. They're kind of rapid fire questions, but they're around the role idea, R-O-L-E. Are you willing to play? Yeah, dude, I love games. Dude, you've you've so edified us today with so much information. Uh, thank you, first of all, for that. The first question that we come up with is, what is the highest and greatest responsibility that you have on this earth? Being a dad, I am blessed with two amazing boys. I wanted to be a dad when I was five years old. And when I was blessed at 28, having a child, it's it's been just magical. That's cool. What do you want as the ultimate outcome for your life? Freedom. Um, mm. Truly to be free. Just, you know, financially, spiritually, everything in my life to be free. Beautiful. What do you consider true leadership to be? Mm. My favorite question of the day, and I already told you, you gave so many. It's <laughs> It's not about you. I hope everybody hears this. If you're a leader, which all of you are, by the way, mm -hmm. it's not about you. And when you can truly embrace that concept, your life will be remarkably better as a leader. You will truly have people that will follow you through the end to the ends of the earth. So it's not about you. And, and it's my favorite concept when it comes to leadership. So true. And lastly, everyone. All of us will have that last last day, excuse me, last day on this earth. All of us will have a moment where we are hopefully laying in a bed and looking up that the, really that only set of eyes you really care about seeing your wife and your kids. But between now and dead, what experience do you hope or want to have? Hmm. I don't believe in regrets. So this is a challenging question because that's, that's something that, uh, what I most hope to accomplish. Or I, I hope you want to have, 
Well, I'm sorry. Or an experience you want to have. Gosh, man. I, you know, I just, I, I want everyone that's been in my influence at all, just to know that I, I loved them and I gave them everything I got. If I, if I accomplished that, if people feel like I made them better when they were around me, they felt, they felt better. I've accomplished that. And uh, that's what I strive for every day. And it's, it's not always easy, right? You want to sometimes take your kids and just, uh, yeah. But the truth is you just love them, man, and just let them know. So that that would be my answer on that. It's so true. They can be the joy terrorist in one moment and you're still going <laughs> to love them to death the next. Wow. Well, JM, from everything you've taught us today, from growth, grit, and gratitude to living your best life to the ER, EPR method, I mean, I, I we've just had a masterclass in understanding how to live our best life. And hopefully everyone that was listening has been inspired or watching has been inspired by not only your story, which I appreciate your vulnerability with that, but also just the great tips and human life value that you have added to every single one of us, which has been abundant and amazing. So thank you for being a part of this today. Thank you for having me, brother. It was truly an honor to be here and you're an amazing host. Wow. I appreciate that. Everybody, as you know, our goal here is to help you magnify your purpose and ignite your passion in your life. And if this episode didn't do it for you, I I honestly don't know what what will, (laughs) Uh, but keep moving forward and listen to the words of JM. Please reach out to JM. JM, I didn't ask that. Let me make sure we do that. Where can they reach out to you and find out more? Get get your books on Amazon and, and everything else. Yeah, if you look up Let's Go Win, you'll see my mug. So uh, Let's Go Win 365 for anybody that's into social media, any of those platforms. But uh, I'd love people to check it out, comment with me. I truly, truly enjoy that interaction. So thank you for asking that. Yeah, he's on. Uh, I know you're on all the social media platforms, right? Let's go win 365 everywhere, everywhere you can go. So make sure you look him up, tag him, connect with him, ask him questions, reach out to him. Even if you're a little bit curious, to find out how you can live your best life and if if JM can help you do so. JM Ryerson, thank you so much for everything. Everybody, thank you again for listening to the show and make sure that you subscribe and share this episode with somebody you know. I know every single one of you listening to this show thought of somebody in your life that could have heard this message or needed to hear this message. So share it with them. Care about them enough to share that message with them so that they also can be touched and inspired by JM's message. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you on the next episode of the Own Your Role podcast. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Own Your Role podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you're alerted for every new episode we release. And don't forget to write us a review and let us know how we're doing. You can also follow me on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, all the social medias. Just search at Dino Watt. And if you'd like me to come and help your team or audience learn to own their role in person, make sure you go to DinoWatt.com for more details. I'll see you on the next episode.